Welcome to the Faith Talk podcast. We're excited you are listening today. Prepare to be challenged and inspired through today's episode. We pray that every fear is dispelled and your faith is increased as you hear the word of God. Now, let's listen in with our host, Caleb Schaefer. Job 23, verses 3 and 4. Oh, that I might know where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. I would present my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. Oh, that I would know where I might find him, where I might come even to his seat. I would present my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. You know, it is needful that our case gets ordered before God, that we are, are able to go and present our case to God. But in order for that to happen, you have to have a plan. You have to have a purpose. The Old Testament saints uh, and, and the biblical saints uh, would give their case. They would present their case before God. And a lot of the time we read their stories and we see that they would go before the Lord and they would present their case. A petitioner coming to court does not come there to state his case on the spur of the moment. A lot of the time we go into prayer, just spur of the moment. We, we throw up a prayer real quick and then we go about our day. We'll pass a, a, an accident on the road and we'll say a quick prayer. We'll get a prayer chain. We'll say a quick prayer. But the Old Testament saints, when they needed to get a hold of God, they would go into the presence of God. They would go into their prayer, prayer time very specifically. They would go into their prayer time with purpose. They would not just go into it willy-nilly and, and go into it for a few seconds and leave. They would go into it it very very meticulously and this is something that I think is lost in most of the church today it's something that that we've lost uh, they would go into it like they were going into a courtroom to present their case a petitioner enters into the audience chamber with his case well prepared. He has learned how he ought to behave in the presence of the great one to whom he's appealing. You should go into the presence of God when you're going into your prayer time and present your case. You should go into the prayer chamber with a specific purpose and you should pray with specificity. What does that mean? That means that you should have a reason. When you go into the prayer chamber, when you go in to talk to God, you should have a reason. There are a lot of people, I've heard them pray, and, and, and this is fine if you pray this way, that, but we're taking you up to another level of education. If you pray and say, Lord, be with my family. Lord, be with my church. Well, the Bible always, already says that he's with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. So you need something specific. God, I pray that you would bless my family. I pray that you would bless them financially. I pray that you would bless them with health. I pray, God, for my children, that you would guard them. God, that you would protect them from the enemy's attacks. God, I pray for my church that you would send revival. I pray for my church that you would protect my church family. So you've got to get specific when you go into the prayer chamber and not just throw things out. 
you have got to be specific. When a lawyer goes into a courtroom, he doesn't go in and just say, well, I'm here because my defendant is innocent. If you go in to the courtroom and you have a lawyer that says, my defendant is innocent and they have nothing else to offer, you are going to jail, baby. It's a bad day for you. But if your lawyer has gone through and he has made a case and he has gotten an alibi for the day that you were supposed to have done whatever was said and done and you have character witnesses that can say they've never acted like that before. If they've got videotapes and they've got recordings and they've got all sorts of things, you have a very good chance that the judge is going to look at you and say, yeah, you're innocent. There's nothing that we can charge you with. And so when we go into the presence of God, not that he's looking to see if we're guilty or innocent, but that he's looking to see if we have ourselves prepared for his presence, if we have prepared ourselves, if we've gotten ourselves ready. And I know that a lot of people like to function on unction. Okay, there are a lot of people that like to say, well, it's all the Holy Ghost. It's just Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Well, it's good to have the Holy Ghost, and you better have an unction. But can I tell you, you better have some education, and you better have some foundation underneath of that, or you're going to start acting crazy. You've got to have the Word. You've got to have prayer time, and you've got to spend time with the Lord. When you get up to minister, you can have all the unction that you want. But if you don't have any Bible down in you, you're not going to have anything to give. God cannot bring out of you something that is not already inside of you. The Bible says study to show yourself approved. So you've got to have yourself prepared if you get up to minister. The same way we've got to have ourselves prepared when we go into the prayer closet. How do we prepare ourselves when we go into the prayer closet? We get into our word. We get into into the scripture. And if you have something that is going on, somebody in your family needs a healing. Then you look up every single healing scripture you can find. And you go into the prayer closet. And you say, God, your word says that by the stripes of Jesus they're healed. Your word says, God, that you went into the village and you healed all that were sick. God, your word says, you go in and you present your case. And when you present God with his own word, guess what? The Bible says it can't come back to him void. And so you've got to prepare yourself. If you say, you know what, I've got a financial emergency. I got a financial emergency and they're coming. They said they're going to come take my house. They said they're going to come repo the car. They're going to do this and they're going to do that. God, your word says that God, you would supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory. God, you said that if I would be faithful and if I would tithe according to Malachi, God, that you would open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, which I don't have room enough to receive. And God, I'm not living in that right now, but your word says it. So I believe it. And I receive it from my life. God, I ask that you would do that on my behalf. You go in and you present your case. You present your case. You prepare yourself for the prayer closet. And when you go in and you start quoting God's scriptures to him, he has no choice but to respond. It's not a way to manipulate God, but God said if you would speak it out, it couldn't come back to him void. It'll do what he sent it forth to do. The word works if you'll work the word. Amen. 
So prepare your case before you go into the prayer closet. Our spiritual sacrifices should be offered with holy carefulness. Our spiritual sacrifices should be offered with holy carefulness. I want to read to you about Abraham in Genesis chapter 22, 1 through 14. Genesis 22, 1 through 14. It says this, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham. And he said, behold, here I am. And he said, take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of and Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off and Abraham said unto his young men abide ye here with the donkey and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you and Abraham took took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son and he took the fire in his hand and a knife and they went both of them together and Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said my father and he said here am I my son uh, and he said behold the fire and the wood but where is the lamb for a burnt offering and Abraham said my son God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering so they went both of them together and they came to the place which God had told him of and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood on the altar in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him upon the altar upon the wood and Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son and the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said Abraham Abraham and he said here am I and he said lay not thine hand upon the lad neither do thou anything unto him for now I know that thou fearest God seeing thou hast not withheld thy son thine only son from me and Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns and Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son and Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh as it is said to this day in the mount the Lord it shall be seen you see Abraham showed to us order he showed to us uh, the way that he prepared himself Abraham had to prepare himself to sacrifice his son Abraham had to prepare the sacrifice and when we go into the prayer closet we've got to prepare Abraham showed us that by rising up early he was willing he was willing he didn't wait till you know afternoon he didn't wait till about three or four o'clock and say well I guess we'll go now I guess we'll he didn't drag his feet when God said that he wanted Abraham to take Isaac up onto the mountain Abraham got up early he got up early and he went three days on the journey so not only was he willing he had zeal this is how we should be when we go into the prayer closet we should be willing and we should have zeal he went three days on a journey knowing the end of the journey was going to be a certain thing he knew that Abraham he knew that he was gonna have to place Isaac on the altar at the end of the journey and he went three days with his son and with his assistants and then it says he left his servants at the foot of the hill this was his privacy 
He had willingness. He had zeal. And then he had privacy. The Bible says when you go into your prayer closet, go in and shut the door. Go in and shut the door. I, I think it's great, you know, everybody puts these prayers all over Facebook. They, put the, they type out their prayer like they're typing it out to God. No, you're typing it out to, the, to all of the world. It's a press release when you put something on Facebook. Okay, it's the National Enquirer. People type out their prayer to God and then they hit post like they just prayed it. Okay, that's fine. You know what? Don't come under condemnation. But the Bible says go into your prayer closet and shut the door. You should be praying in secret. You should be having meetings with God that no one knows about. You should be in there talking to him about things that no one knows about. And you should be getting a hold of the horns of the altar. You should be praying and crying out to him, grabbing a hold of him. So I just get frustrated a little bit when people type things out on Facebook like that. It just reminds me of the Pharisees on the corner yelling out their prayers so everyone could hear. Go into your prayer closet and shut the door. He's the only one that needs to hear your prayer. He's the one you're talking to. Get some privacy. Abraham said, you know what, to his assistants, he said, you know what, stay here with the donkey and we'll go on ahead. Stay here. You don't have to see what we're about to do. You don't have to know what we're about to do. He didn't even tell them that he was coming. He, he, he could have said, you know what? I'll be coming back alone. He didn't say that. He said, stay here. I'll be back. We'll be back. You need to have some privacy in your prayer. Don't tell everybody all the stuff that you're praying for all the time. You can't tell everybody what you're praying for all the time. People will start to talk you down from your miracle if you tell them what you're praying for. If you tell people you're praying for healing, that you're believing for healing, all of a sudden some Debbie Downer will come up to you and they will say, oh, God doesn't really do that anymore. That sounds like a, a, it's a little bit too hard for God. You know, it's, he, I don't know if there's that much power. I've never seen a healing before. You know, people will, people will try to talk you down out of ignorance. They will try to talk you down from the miracle that you're believing for. Don't tell everybody what you're praying for. Don't tell everybody. If you're believing for your kids to be saved, talk to God about it. If you're believing for a miracle, talk to God about it. If you're believing for a breakthrough in your finances, talk to God about it. If there's anything that I've seen, people, especially in this area, will get jealous if someone else gets ahead. If someone else gets a promotion, if someone else gets a blessing, someone else gets a financial breakthrough, people in this area will get jealous. Don't tell God, don't, don't, don't tell people what you're believing God for. Don't tell people if you're believing God, get you a prayer partner that will believe God with you and believes the same way that you do and let it at that. Tell them to agree with you and let it at that. You don't have to go telling everybody at your work you're believing for the promotion because guess what? They're, they're believing somebody for a promotion. And they might not be serving the same God that you are. And if they got to lie and trample on you to get the promotion and leave you behind in the dust, they will. So you got to keep your mouth shut outside the prayer closet sometimes. 
Then the Bible says that he carried the wood and the fire with him. He was prepared. He had prepared for this. He didn't go up on the mountain and say, well, we'll cut down a tree when we get up there and, and we'll try to rub some sticks together and build a fire when we get up there. No, he had fire and he had wood. He was ready for what was about to happen. He, he was willing, he had zeal, he had privacy, and he was ready for what was about to happen. And then he built the altar and laid the wood in order and then took the knife. He was careful. He laid everything out. He probably laid down, got down on his hands and knees and started stacking those rocks he started stacking those rocks to build an altar and then he laid the wood very very orderly on the altar before he ever placed Isaac on the altar and it wasn't just because he was prolonging the time he was being careful about how he worshiped God God asked him for something and he wasn't about to give God a halfway job he wasn't about to give God a, a partial job he was gonna do it the whole way and he was gonna do it the right way he would have done it the same way if it would have been an animal that God asked for but it was his son so he was laying everything out just so and then when God saw all of this when God saw that he had prepared himself that he was willing that he would spare nothing that he had zeal that he had privacy when God saw all of this that's when a little rustling started to happen back in the bushes and he looked around and he saw a ram back in the bush and the angel of the Lord said don't touch your son don't touch your son we've prepared something for you we saw how willing you were we saw your zeal you were willing to travel to get here we saw all that you did and we're going to honor that and God will honor your sacrifice God will honor your time in the prayer closet God will honor your time spent with him and if we'll get that into our heads you see when we go to pray when we go to pray in private then we'll have power in public everybody wants the power in public without the prayer in private but let me tell you one doesn't happen without the other you've got to have the prayer in order to have the power David the Bible said in Psalm 5 3 he said in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up David was military David was a military guy. He knew what it was to be around people all the time that marched in rank. He knew what it was to lead an army. He knew what it was to be the commander-in-chief for God's army. And he would become militant with his prayer just as he was a great military leader. He would, he would have it all laid out. He would have it ready. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. He said, I'm getting up before the sun comes up. I'm getting up before the animals start moving around. I'm getting up before everybody around me starts to talk to me and tell me how bad of a day they're having at 730 in the morning. He said, I'm getting up and I'm going to talk to you God first. Some people have a bad day all day, every day. You ask them, they could get up at four in the morning and at 401 it's a bad day it's like Charlie Brown everybody's picking on me 
David marshaled his thoughts like men of war. He did not take the arrow and put it on the bowstring and just shoot anywhere. And you've got to be the same way with prayer. You have got to be precise. You've got to have an aim. You've got to have a target. And in order for you to reach your goals in prayer, you have got to be precise. You can't just put your prayer on the bow, on the bowstring and just give it a shot anywhere. You've got to have a target that you're aiming for. You've got to have specific things that you're seeking. God for. David looked well at the center of the target. He kept his eyes fixed on it, directing his prayer. He then drew his bow in prayer, and with all his strength, he let the arrow fly. And when the shaft had left his hand, he said, I'll look up. I'll look up. He looked up to see where the arrow went, what effect it had, for he expected an answer to his prayer. He was not like those who scarcely think of their prayers after they've uttered them. After you pray, do you stop thinking about it? After you pray, after you say, God, God, I'm believing you to heal this person or that person. Do you stop thinking about it? Or do you start looking for it? Do you start looking for the miracle? Do you start looking for the miracle? See, it's not just enough to pray. You've got to believe before you pray. You've got to believe while you're praying, and you've got to believe after you pray. You've got to expect that miracle before, during, and after. You don't just pray and then stop words, stop thinking about it. You, you don't just pray and, and let it go. You, you pray, and then you start to look for the result. You start to look for the miracle. The true spiritual order of prayer consists of more than mere arrangement. It is fitting for us to feel that we're doing something that is real. You got to know when you go into the prayer closet that it's real. It might feel awkward at first, but it's real. It might feel weird if you've never done it to just shut everything else out and, and just start to talk to God. But it's real. We have a, a very present God who is here with us right now. Who's there with you when you go home tonight, when you're getting ready for bed and when you're at your house and when you're at your job, when you're at your car, wherever you're at, when you're in your prayer closet, he is very present, even though you cannot see him. You can't touch him. You can't hear him. You can't comprehend him by your natural senses, but he is there. He is truly with us as though we're speaking to a friend of the flesh and blood like ourselves. Feeling the reality of God's presence, our minds will be led by divine grace into a humble state. God, you're here with me right now. Go into your prayer closet and say, God, I believe that you're here with me. I believe that you're here with me right now. God, I can't see you. I can't hear you with my natural ears. I can't smell you. But God, I believe that you're here right now. And if you, if you go and get alone with God, and you start to speak things like that, and then pray, and start to build your faith up before you pray. See, you've got to build your faith up. You've got to build your faith up. You wonder why we bring people up on the platform and give a testimony in the middle of a prayer line. While we'll stop, we'll stop it, we'll bring somebody up, and then we'll go back to praying. Because when somebody receives a miracle, when somebody receives a healing, that builds your faith up to hear that story and to know that 
God is doing something in someone's life. And so what you've got to do is you've got to go into your prayer closet and you've got to begin to build yourself up before you pray because you've got to bolster your own faith sometimes. The Bible said to stir yourself up, stir yourself up. And sometimes you don't have us there screaming at you. The, the, the presence of God is there and you don't have somebody there giving you a testimony and you don't have a bunch of music and you don't have a pastor, but you are by yourself. And what you've got to do in those moments is you've got to go into the prayer closet and build yourself up in the faith. You got to start praying in the Holy Ghost in your prayer closet. You got to start saying, God, I know that you did miracles, God. I know that you are a miracle working God. And God, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, you change not. And God, I believe that what you did for someone else, you'll do for me. God, I believe that you are a healer. God, I believe that you are a provider. God, I believe that you are an ever present help in time of trouble. God, your name is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and they are saved. Start building yourself up. If you got to start writing down miracle testimonies that you hear in church and take them with you into your prayer closet and read them before you start to pray. Get online and look for some testimonies of people that were healed and delivered and set free before you start to pray. Then go into your prayer closet knowing and believing that God is who he says he is and he is right there with you. The next thing you got to do is consider what you're going to ask for. That's where we go into the specificity. You've got to be specific when you ask God for things. God, you got to let him know what you're, what you're believing him for. Let him know. Abraham prayed as, as he was, as Ishmael was about to go out and, and, and there was a blessing that Abraham prayed over Ishmael. He said, oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. It's not good to be around the bush when you're praying. God knows what you need. He just needs you to tell him what you need. He needs you to speak it out. He needs to hear it from you. And if you will speak it out, you know, speak the name of the people out that you're believing for God to touch. Speak their names. I remember my grandma Schaefer would tell me, she said, there's not a day that goes by that I don't speak every one of my family members out before God. Your names specifically and specific needs that I'm believing God for. You got kids and grandkids, speak their names out. Speak their names out. Prayer is something that the Holy Spirit can teach us. He's the giver of all prayer. If you don't know how to pray, if you don't feel like praying, pray for prayer. Say, God, give me a praying spirit. Give me a spirit of prayer that I will want. Give me a hunger for prayer, God. Give me a thirst for prayer. God, let me uh, just have this burning desire down on the inside of me. God, cause me to not go a day without getting into the prayer closet with you. Cause me to not, if I try to lay my head down on my pillow at night and I haven't prayed, make me get up. And God will do it. God will wake you up early in the morning to pray. God will wake you up. You might not have an alarm clock set, but every day at the same time, Pastor Peoples used to tell me, he said, I, I forgot to set an alarm last night. 
And he said, 4.30, my eyes popped open and here I am. You, tell, you ask God to help you out. God wants you to pray. God wants to help you out. I, I, we got this idea that God is some sort of a tyrant and he's trying to make it hard for us and he's just this, this dictator and he, he doesn't want to help us out. No, God wants to help you out. If you need help with prayer, you say, I don't feel like praying. I, I don't know how to pray. God will help you. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will teach us. Uh, the Bible says the Holy Spirit will guide us in all things. Uh, pray to pray. Pray, say, God, I want you to help me pray. Pray until you can pray. Sometimes you got to just go into your prayer closet and you don't know what to do you don't know what to say you just got to try just start doing it and God will show up and he'll teach you he is near the Bible says to the brokenhearted and the contrite so if you don't know what you're doing and you feel like you, you just have no idea God is going to show up anyway amen and then fill your mouth with arguments fill your mouth with arguments some people said I'm supposed to argue with God? Look through the Old Testament. Look through the Old Testament. Jacob wrestled with God. Jacob wrestled with him. The Bible says that Abraham was praying for Lot and the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. And God changed his mind. God changed his mind a lot of the time because the people would pray with God and they would tarry with God and they would try to get God to change his mind and God would hear their prayers and he would answer them. That's why the Bible says that you're supposed to pray for your enemies, that God will have mercy on them because God makes up his mind when someone messes with his kids. God makes up his mind. And if you'll start praying that he has mercy on your enemies, he will have mercy on your enemies. You see, all the time, all it really takes sometimes is a prayer. You just got to send up a prayer and ask God to do something. And God might already have a plan, a course of action. And God is loving and God is kind. And God might have a plan that he is going to do something. But if you pray, he might change his mind on it. God, have mercy on my kids. God, I know that my family members are out there living a life that is not pleasing to you. And God, I'm asking you to spare them. I'm asking you, God, to touch them. I'm asking you, God, to protect them. God, keep your hand on them. Draw them into your kingdom. The enemy might have a plan to take your family member out and God will step in and he'll rebuke the devourer because of a prayer that you prayed for your loved one that isn't even living in the body of Christ. You can wrestle with God. You can weary the Lord. Sometimes it takes a lot of praying for the same thing. Sometimes it takes grabbing a hold of the horns of the altar and not letting go. You got you to gotta grab a hold of something like a bulldog grabs a hold of something. 
You got to grab a hold of something like a crocodile grabs a hold of something and not let it go. And when you're praying for somebody, that's how tenac- tenacious you've got to be. You have got to grab a hold of it and not let it go. If you've got someone that you've been praying for for years, can I encourage you tonight to not quit? You got to argue. You got to wrestle sometimes and you got to fight through it. It's not always easy. Sometimes you want to give up because you haven't seen any results. But can I tell you tonight uh, that God will honor it uh, if you will continue on and you will continue to fight. Uh, The only way to lose is to give up. The only way to lose is to give up. So get an argument together. Sometimes God would speak something to someone in the Bible and they wouldn't like what God said. God would say, I'm about to punish these people. And the leader would say, no, God, have mercy. Have mercy. Give us another chance. We'll return to you. We'll turn from our ways. We'll turn from our ways. And they would argue with God. And God would change his mind. And instead of punishing the people, they would turn back to him and they would be blessed because of it. So tonight, it doesn't matter what has been decreed over your life. It doesn't matter what's been spoken, what what bad prophecy you might have received from some sort of Debbie Downer, from some sort of false prophet tonight. Know that if you will get a hold of God and you will get an argument, he will honor it. He will honor it. It doesn't matter what the doctor says. If there was a bad prognosis, if you will get an argument together and go into the courtroom of God and you will start to present your case, God will honor it. God will honor it. You know what? I've seen time and time and time again where someone was told that something had to happen, whether it was by a doctor, whether it was by a teacher, whether it was by somebody, a judge in a courtroom, whether it was by the police, whatever it was, I've seen time and time again where somebody said something had to happen and somebody got an argument together and presented it to God and God turned it around. God turned it around and if he'll do it for one person he will do it for you. I've seen children that somebody told were autistic and they would never speak and they would never function and I've seen it turn around because somebody presented an argument to God. I've seen people with cancer that somebody said they've got to die and they cannot live but somebody got an argument together and presented it to God I've seen people in terrible terrible accidents and the paramedics said they're not gonna make it but somebody got an argument together and presented it to God and if you will get an argument together and you'll present it to God in your prayer closet he will honor your argument and he will turn the situation around but are you willing are you willing to put in the time are you willing to put in the effort Are you willing to put in the time spent in the word, gathering the evidence, gathering your case information to go into the prayer closet and then going into the prayer closet and presenting your argument? It might take hours. It might take days or weeks or months. But if you will go into the prayer closet with your argument, I believe God will hear it because his word says it. So tonight... Whatever it is, will you stand your feet with me? Whatever it is that you're believing God for. Go home and get your argument together. Go home and get an argument together. 
And can I tell you that when you go before God with your argument, you are going before the court that is higher than the civil court. You're going before the court that's higher than the divorce court. You're going higher than the custody court. You're going higher than the traffic court. Uh, you're going higher than, than the, the repossession court. You're going higher than any other court. The Supreme Court of the land cannot stand against the court of God. And when you go before him and go before his throne, he can overturn and overrule anything that has been spoken out against you. You're going higher than anything. And when you get a hold of him, he can overturn it. He can overturn anything that anybody said has to happen to you or your family or your loved ones, your friends, your coworkers. Now we got to start looking at it. We're not just in some sort of little hand-to-hand -hand combat. We're in a real battle. We're in a real battle and the devil is playing for keeps. The devil wants to take you out. He wants to take your family members out. The devil, if he could, would present every single child in the back with some sort of an opportunity to get hooked on drugs. We bind that in the name of Jesus. He would present every child in the back with some sort of a problem that they would go on in life and they would never get free from. But I can tell you tonight that if you will go into the prayer closet with an argument to protect and keep your family, to protect and keep your children and your grandchildren, if you'll go into the prayer closet with an argument God's going to hear it God's going to hear it and it might take some wrestling it might take some wrestling I remember a story one time I think it was R.W. Shambach said that a lady came to his meeting she said my son was convicted of murder. She said, he's due to be executed in the electric chair tomorrow. And she said, I want God to turn this around. I want God to turn it around. And R.W. Shambach said, I'm agreeing with you in prayer. They prayed and believed for a turnaround. And wouldn't you know, the next night, the lady came back to the service and she said, it turns out my son was falsely accused. And when they put it on the news, that he was about to be executed. Conviction fell on the real killer and he went and turned himself in. God turned it around. And God can do that for you. And it might not be that big of a thing. It might feel like something small. An execution is a pretty big thing. But God can turn something as small as a diagnosis. God can turn something small so small around so tonight I encourage you you say you know what I need God to turn something around in my life I just want you to slip up your hand and slip it back down tonight I'm going to pray for you right where you're at yes 
I'd say pretty much all of us need something turned around. I just want us to bow our heads and I want to pray over you tonight. Father God, tonight in the name of Jesus, we've prepared ourselves and God, we're presenting our arguments to you. God, there are so many situations represented here tonight that are in need of a turnaround. But God, we are coming into the prayer chamber from here on out, specifically with our needs. God, we're not going to go into the prayer chamber and just throw up a quick prayer. But God, we're coming in with specifics, God, and we are believing you for a turnaround in our lives. God, we're going to quote the word. We're going to believe the word. We're going to speak it out over our situations. God, we're going to believe God when we pray. We're going to expect a miracle after we pray. And God, just... Just like David, we're going to look up. We're going to look up to see for our results, God. We're going to look up to see for the miracle that is happening. And God, we're going to believe. God, we're going to argue. We're going to wrestle until we see the miracle, the breakthrough, till we see our loved ones saved, till we see our loved ones uh, off of drugs, till we see our loved ones set free. We're going to believe for the miracle till the diagnosis turns around and the doctors say it's not there anymore. We're going to believe God until our our names are cleared. We're going to believe God until we see miracles happen in people's lives. God, we're going to come into the prayer closet with arguments for people who are in need of a healing in this church. God, we believe that your word says that they will be healed. So God, we receive it. We believe God for, for miracles to happen, but God, we also believe for great turnarounds. We believe for a great turnaround in our nation. We believe for a great turnaround in our government. We believe for a great turnaround, God, where they're trying to rip rights away from us, God. In the name of Jesus, we believe for a turnaround. We believe for a turnaround in in the abortion legislation, God. We believe for a turnaround, God, where they've tried to kill the babies. We believe for a turnaround in the name of Jesus, a 180, God, that undoes everything that they've tried to do. I just hear the word overturn tonight. Overturn in your situation. A flip-flop, exact opposite of what it was that they told you would happen. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Faith Talk podcast. If you would like to connect with the host, you can do so on Facebook at Caleb Schaefer Ministry on Instagram at Caleb underscore Schaefer or by visiting www.calebschaefer.com. Be sure to check out Caleb's worship albums on iTunes, Amazon Music and wherever digital music is sold or streamed. If you've been encouraged today, please share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. May God bless you and remember to tune in next week for another episode of the Faith Talk Podcast.